Today we're going to look at chapter 2 of the book of Second Opinions. Uh, last week, if you remember right, we looked at chapter, uh, well, even if you don't remember right, it's what we did last week, so I, that really doesn't matter. Uh, last week, we looked at chapter 1, follow your heart. And we talked about how right your heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? And we talked about what is the Bible, what is God want us to do with our hearts, right? Go back and listen to that. Uh, it's a fairly simple request, yet it's very difficult to actually do. Today, we're going to look at the second chapter. And, um, you know, I, we, we love the saying. I won't say we love the saying. You've probably often heard the saying, God works in mysterious ways. That's not what we're talking about today. This is going somewhere because that is not a book of second, book of second opinions chapter. God does work in some really weird ways, right? What I am saying, though, is that today, and I planned this out a month ago, to a month and a half ago, right? And today we're talking about God won't give me anything more than I can handle. How many of you ever been told that by somebody? How many of you have been told that by a religious leader, a pastor, a Sunday school teacher, a small group leader, somebody like that, right? Somebody that, quite frankly, should know better than to say that lie, because that's what it is. It's a lie. Today, we're talking about, I can handle it. I find it fitting because of all that's going on in my own life right now, and also, I look at uh, my, my dad, who all of you know and stuff, and even if you haven't known him a long time, one of the things my dad always said and says is, I have broad shoulders, I can take it. You can put it on me, I can take it. I take after him in that way. I don't want your help, but I want to help you. I'll put it on my shoulders, I'll carry it. And it wasn't until recently that I realized he could do that because he wasn't carrying most of it. Because he knew he couldn't carry most of it. He would take it to the person who can carry it, who can handle it. So today, and again, we're going to be jumping all over scripture. So Andy, I'm going to tell you, go back a slide, go forward a slide, all that kind of stuff, right? It's all good. I want to talk about, number one in your note sheets, the origins. Where does this idea come from? Because it does actually come from a misinterpretation of a verse in the Bible. Last week's did not. This week's actually does, and it's 1 Corinthians 10, verse 13. It says, no temptation has overtaken you, but such as is common to man. And God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will provide the way of escape also, so that you will be able to endure it. Did you catch it? Did you see where this comes from? And God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. And we've taken that over the years, we've taken that half a sentence out of its context, out of a verse that we've taken out of its context, in order to say, God won't give me anything more than I can handle. And the fact of the matter is, one, that's not what that verse is saying, and two, it's just not true. But that's the origin, and it comes out of an idea of pride. I can handle it. Notice that first word in the title. It's I. I can handle this. Pride is I think more of myself. I can handle it. So 
I need to, because I'm me, I need to explain what this verse means, even though it doesn't do much for the rest of today's sermon. But I gotta tell you what it's actually talking about and what it actually means, right? So, no temptation has overtaken you, but such as is common to man, right? That means, listen, whatever you're being tempted by, so has everybody else, or at least other people. Maybe not everybody else, right? You and I don't struggle with the exact same temptations, but rest assured that people throughout history have dealt with the same temptations you are facing now. Satan doesn't have a new one. He might use a new method, but it's not a new temptation, right? If you take something like lust and pornography and such, back when, you know, somebody like my dad was a kid, you couldn't go on the internet. You needed to go buy magazines and stuff like that. It was significantly harder to see naked women. Today, you can find it anywhere. You don't even need to go to a porn site. Just go to HBO Max. You've got all you want, right? The temptation didn't change. The method through which Satan tempts changed, right? So that's what that verse is saying, and that should be really encouraging to you because I guarantee you Satan has tried to convince you that what you are being tempted by, no one else is being tempted by that too. You're on your own. God says you're not. Somebody else has been there too and is probably there right now. And if you guys would actually talk and come together, you might just actually be able to beat it. So then he continues on. And God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. Sam, pastor, how do you take that out of its context? That obviously means that you can handle every temptation that comes your way. No, because of the second part. But with the temptation, will provide the way of escape also so that you will be able to endure it. Notice, it is not you who provides the way of escape from the temptation. It's God. For instance, and I'm going to keep using lust because I was once a 16-year-old boy, and if you're all sitting there going, well, he didn't struggle with that, you're wrong. I was a 16-year-old boy. As my dad would put it, a, 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 a red-blooded, white American boy. It's what we are. That's what I am, right? You have to put in safeguards. So oftentimes, when you're tempted, you're tired, you're alone, and you're hungry. I don't mean spiritually hungry, although that. I mean you are literally hungry. Your body is weaker. When your body is weaker, you are more susceptible to temptation. Oftentimes, the way of escape for me was not provided when I was being tempted, the way of escape for me was when mom said, I'm going to the store. I needed to go with her so I wasn't home alone. That was the way of escape from temptation. It took me too long to figure that out sometimes, right? This verse is not saying you won't, be able, you won't be tempted more than you can handle. What it is saying is when temptation comes, God will have provided a way to escape it. Sometimes you can't just walk away from it, right? Sometimes there isn't a escape in terms of I can leave. Sometimes the escape is in God will send songs and scriptures and stuff like that. Sometimes God sends other pictures and stuff like that. Sometimes when I'm tempted to be angry at my wife, right? It's happened. It's happened. I, I love to fight, drag out, knock down. I just want to yell. I'm not going to throw punches, 
but I want to yell and I want to get and I want to say just hurtful things. And I do that because I've had many of those fights. Most of them came from either of my two sisters. Just being honest. We would all go at each other. Now here's the problem. Because I also know that if I do that with my sisters, we can then talk in the end and we can work it out. Maddie will shut down. It's no fun to fight when you're the only one fighting. And so on the occasions, they've happened, not often, it's very rare. But on the occasions when I'm like, I'm brewing. I'm already angry about something else, right? And I'm, I'm brewing, I'm ready to go. God will unbidden into my mind go, what are you going to gain from this? You're just going to hurt her feelings and nothing's going to change. And I'm like, that's not fair. That's playing dirty, God. That's not fair. But he provides the way out of the temptation to be angry and, and, and sin in my anger, right? So that's what that verse means. It does not mean God will not allow you to be tempted beyond. Yes, he will. Because quite frankly, if Satan truly wanted to get you, he could get you 100 times out of 100 when you rely on your own. Don't ever delude yourself into going, I beat this temptation on my own. No, you did not. Satan didn't throw everything he had at you because he's lulling you to sleep. He could beat you every time. You have to rely on God. And that's what we're going to talk about a little bit here, right? So number two on your note sheet is the truth. The truth. You'll notice here we're talking, Paul is writing all of these that we're talking about today. 2 Corinthians 1, 8, and 11, 8 through 11, excuse me, says this. For we do not want you to be unaware, brethren, of our affliction which came to us in Asia, that we were burdened excessively beyond our strength, so that we despaired even of life. Indeed, we had the sentence of death within ourselves, so that we would not trust in ourselves, but in God who raises the dead, Go ahead, who delivered us from so great a peril of death and will deliver us, he on whom we have set our hope, and he will yet deliver us you also joining and helping us through your prayers so that thanks may be given by many persons on our behalf for the favor bestowed on us through the prayers of many. Later on in 2 Corinthians, he says, concerning this, I implored the Lord three times that it that might leave me. And he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for power is perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, I will rather boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may dwell in me. And I think there's one more, Andy. Yes. Therefore, I am well content with weakness, with insults, with distress, with persecutions, with difficulties for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Notice what Paul says near the end of verse 8. So that we were burdened excessively beyond our strength. He's not talking about a physical strength here. If you go back and read in 2 Corinthians there, he's not talking about physical endurance or anything like that. God allowed them to be burdened beyond what they can handle. Church, I have something to tell you. He has and will allow you to be burdened beyond what you can handle as well. And here's why. There's a couple of reasons. First off, you can't handle anything. I consider myself a fairly strong person. I don't break down very often. I push through. I get through things. 
I compartmentalize them in my brain and put it off to the side. I put the hard feelings, the bad feelings, all that stuff. I learned from my dad. Compartmentalize that. You deal with it later because right now other things are needed. I learned how to do it. It's a good skill to have. Sometimes it's bad, but most of the time it's a good skill to have. I consider myself a fairly strong person. I'm not. If I have been proven anything over the past week and a half or so, it is that I am incredibly weak. And God gives me the grace to get through each day. That's it. I don't compartmentalize anything. God gives me the strength to get through. I can't handle anything. I can't. He gives me the grace to handle it. So why, though? Why does he allow these things to happen? And that's number three on your note sheets, right? So if we say, listen, the origins of this are a misinterpreted verse, so the truth is that God always gives us more than we can handle because we can't handle anything anyway. Why does he do it? Why does God allow this to happen? Verses 9 through 11 in, first, or in Second Corinthians there tells us so that we rely on him. And then in this next section... In verse 9, my grace is sufficient for you, for power is perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, I will rather boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may dwell in me. Go ahead to the next slide there, Andy, right? I'm well content with weakness, with insult, with distresses, with persecutions, with difficulties for Christ's sake. Notice that, for Christ's sake. Because the fact of the matter is, if you try to do it for yourself or for your family, you won't do it. It has to be for Christ's sake. He has to be the number one, right? So why does God allow this to do it? First off, he's teaching us. He's teaching us to trust in God and not us, right? Right? My dad knows this, so I have no shame in telling you. My dad is, has, for my, most of my life, been my rock. I can go to him to talk about anything. I can ask him anything. We can work through things, right? I trust his judgment. I trust him. Not more than God, but I trust him. And over the past week and a half, God has said, if I took it away, you still trust me? Do you still trust me? We're working on it. I'm not going to stand up here and go, yes, we're working on it. I ask you, church, what is your rock is it a person? Is it a thing? Is it music? Is it drugs? Is it alcohol? Is it whatever? What is your rock? God will take it away until he is the rock in your life. He will remove each and every one of them. I don't mean death necessarily. I mean he will remove them so that he is the rock. Because quite frankly, every other thing you try to make your rock will fail you. They, it, it just will. He is the only one that does not. So he's going, do you trust me? Do you trust me? Even with your rock, do you trust me? Yes or no? He's teaching us to trust him. As well, you want power? Right? Power sounds pretty good. I'd like power. Paul's pretty clear, for power is perfected in weakness. It's made in weakness, in our weakness, God's power, where it's just supposed to be the conduit. 
I can lift others up and encourage and drive forward a certain thing because God is the one working through me, not because I've got power and authority. And as well, I didn't put this verse in there, but John 3.30, it's Jesus speaking. And he says, I must decrease so that he can increase. Church, that's us. You and I have to decrease. Decrease so God can increase. So he gives us what we can't handle so that we have to turn to him. You can try to turn to something else, right? I love music. I love sports. I love my wife. I love food, right? I can turn to any of that. It won't help me. It won't. It will not do what I need it to do. It will not be the rock that I need it to be. It won't. So I have to decrease. And everything else around me needs to decrease so that he can increase, so that I'm relying on him no matter what comes my way. Whether it's something serious or, boy, even the smallest thing. Because isn't it easy to trust God with the big things? It's really difficult to trust him with the little things, quite frankly. It's the big things that we don't struggle with as much because we go, all right, God, you have to handle this because I can't. But when the little things happen, we go, I can, I can handle this. The truth of the matter is we can't handle it. I don't know what's going on in everybody's lives. I know bits and pieces, right, because you guys talk to me and stuff like that, right? I know bits and pieces. I know this. You cannot handle what you are facing. The youngest to the oldest in here, you cannot handle what you are facing right now. You cannot handle what God's put in front of you. You can't do it. So what should you do then? What should you do? First off, change your perspective. You need to have a godly worldview, not a worldly view. Your worldview, right, is the lens through which you see everything. It colors everything that you see, right? If you're somebody who believes in something like luck, that's a worldly worldview. Luck doesn't exist. God exists. There's nothing that's coincidental. God exists. You have to change your perspective of how you view things. It takes time, and it's moment by moment by moment until you're in the place where you originally should have been, where you're seeing God through things. And you begin to ask yourself, God, what are you trying to do through this? Show me. What are you trying to accomplish through this? I was talking to my dad this week. I was down there. I was talking to my dad. And we were talking and we said, Satan is throwing every haymaker he's got at us right now. At our family, at this church. And we asked ourselves, why? We've got a bunch of answers. We had youth group last week. The first one, hopefully, of many. We've got light the night coming up. And who knows what's going to happen on a Sunday morning. All we know is Satan's throwing every haymaker. A worldly worldview will go, well, why do we have to go through this? And what's going on? A godly worldview goes, okay, God, what are you trying to accomplish? And how can I get out of the way so that you can accomplish it? Notice that the circumstance doesn't change. 
your perspective of it does. It doesn't make the circumstance easier. It doesn't. As I'm sure mom has and my siblings have and stuff like that, there's been many a restless night as they've been trying to figure out what was wrong with my dad. Didn't change the circumstance, but we can say, okay, God, what are you accomplishing through this? Change your perspective of what you're facing, of how you see what you're facing. Secondly, you got to decrease yourself. Stop thinking that you are so high and mighty. We're not. You have to defeat your pride. Put it that way if you'd like to, right? If it's easier for you to understand, defeat your pride. Beat it down. And lastly, you've got to start turning to him in every aspect of everything. The smallest thing to the biggest thing. Start with whatever your rock is and ask God to help you give it up. Does not mean, right, if you... Listen, I said my rock is my dad, and Lord willing, this whole thing is going to go great. He'll still be my rock when it's done. I'll still ask him questions. I'll still go to him. I'll still trust him with things. Giving up your rock does not mean it's not there anymore. It does mean, though, that God is still above it, and you trust him more, and you go to him more. He is the rock. One of my favorite lines in a song ever, you're going to hate this band by the time I'm done being your pastor in a billion years. Um, Yes, Casting Crowns. In American Dream, I love the line, I'll take a shack on the rock over a castle in the sand. Anything you try to make your rock is just sand, unless it is the rock. I want to encourage you this morning. You can't handle whatever you're facing. Pastor, that's not encouraging. Yes, it is. Because I also can tell you about the one who can handle it. And he wants to handle it. And he's just standing there. He's right behind you. Saying, just hand it to me. Turn around and give it to me. Let me carry it. Right? I didn't put this verse in here. But in Matthew we read, right... Give up your yoke. Let him put his yoke on you, for it is light. Or his yoke is easy, and his burden is light. You're all carrying something. We are all carrying a yoke in here today. We cannot handle it. You can't pull it. Let it go. Right? Another popular saying, let go and let God. That's way better than God won't give you more than you can handle. Let God take it because he's the rock. I don't, have a, I don't have a concrete, you know, read your Bible four times this week sort of homework or whatever to help you out with this. This is a metaphysical thing because it's, uh, it, the, the carrying, the weight you're carrying is something you can't physically see. Start with whatever the rock is that you go to and work on turning that over to God. And then before you replace that rock with another earthly thing, replace it with the rock. That's how you're going to get through anything in life, the biggest to the smallest, because we can't handle it. He can. And he just wants us to go to him. Would you guys pray with me?
Father, I thank you that I can't handle anything. I like to think sometimes that I can, but honestly, even when I can handle the things, it's because you have given me the grace to handle it, which means I'm still not the one handling it. Father, we're all facing things. Big, little, somewhere in between. Probably multiple things, right? I ask that we would turn them over to you. Help us to turn them over to you. You are the King of Kings. You are the Lord of Lords. You are Alpha. You are Omega. You are everything. You are the rock. And we can handle everything through you. We can't handle anything without you. This is a metaphysical thing. I pray that you would make it real to us, that we would handle, that we would, we would walk with you and just keep handing you the things. You're the one with the broad shoulders. You can handle it. I thank you and I praise you, Father. And it's in the name of your precious son, Jesus, that we pray, amen and amen.